episode number 195 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So before I get into this episode, I want to quickly remind those of you who are listening to this in real time that I will be offering a free webinar today, Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. This webinar will give you insights into the three tools that you need to create your best life. I know that sounds like a pretty big promise, but to be quite honest and to be quite humble, I really believe this to be true. These three tools have literally transformed my life and the life of my clients. And for those people whom I have trained, it has transformed the life of their clients. It's a webinar not to be missed, not only because I think the webinar happens to be great, but because in the webinar, I will also be speaking about my new and improved program, The Living Deliberately Journey. And I will be looking for a handful of people to enroll in this program with me. So it's a real opportunity. If you haven't registered yet for the webinar, head over to my website to do so, shiragura.com. Okay, so this month we are focusing on courage. And by we, I mean anyone who listens to this podcast is welcome to practice alongside me and the others who are inside of the Living Deliberately Hub Facebook group or anyone who follows me on Instagram. If you're not on either of those, I welcome you to do so. Oh, and hey, one of the things that I have been courageously practicing this month is doing handstands, which is absolutely crazy because I don't do handstands. I never did them as a kid because I was too scared, but I decided I wanted to focus on doing them this month. I posted some videos of all of my attempts including the last video, which was a successful handstand. Again, you can find those posts either on my Facebook page, Shiragura, or on Instagram. I'm having such fun with it. Okay, so on the theme of courage for this month, I wanted to bring to you today the topic of shifting. Now, when I talk about shifting, or I use the word shift, I am referring to your way of being. For those of you who may be new to my podcast and may not know, I have three tools to help people live better lives. My first tool is called the Unstuck Method, and that's the tool that helps people get unstuck from challenging emotions. My second tool is called the Clear Way, and this is a tool that helps people be mentally prepared before going into any future moment as a way to prevent them from getting stuck in the first place. And my third tool, which I'm actually going to introduce today in the webinar, is called the Living Deliberately Approach, which will be the main focus of my third book. 
The living deliberately approach is a simple but powerful tool that outlines how you can create the results you want to see in your life. I'm not going to speak about that tool right now in this episode, but I will say that the approach to living deliberately begins with you choosing who it is you want to be. Because that conscious choice will determine the results you create in your life. I am literally going to write an entire book on that last sentence I just said. But for now, I invite you to take a leap of faith that what I am going to say is true. Or not, I'm actually always happy and open to having conversations about any of this. But the theory is, who you choose to be directly impacts the results you create in your life. So for example, if I wake up in the morning one day and find myself tired and grumpy, and I'm aware of that, but I consciously decide that's not who I want to be, and I deliberately choose to be someone who is grateful and happy, that simple decision, not necessarily easy to shift, but that simple decision is going to affect my actions. And in turn, it will affect my results. How? Well, how does a grumpy person act? A grumpy person may not smile at her family when she sees them first thing in the morning, right? She may complain there's no milk left for her coffee. She may not go outside for a walk because it's raining, right? All of those actions seem quite sensible for someone who is being grumpy. And then what kind of results would she be creating for herself? Well, most likely she would be creating uncomfortable and unfortunate engagements with her family members and for herself. All of this is stemming from her way of being, which was grumpy. Now, here's the thing. And this is something I've really only started to really appreciate and understand later in my life, which is that most of the time, who we are being is unconscious. Most of the time, the person we are being is not the person we consciously are choosing to be, but rather it's the person we are being by default, by reactivity or something we've learned in our life, and not from a sense of deliberateness. It's like waking up and not even having a clue that, A, you have a choice to be aware of who you're being, and B, not having a clue that you actually have the ability to change if you want to. It's amazing to me that both of those things, the choice to be aware and the choice to shift, they're not even in our consciousness. And the truth is, it's not really so amazing. It actually makes a lot of sense because having that awareness and doing any sort of shifting into being someone new, that takes a lot of mental energy. And the lower brain, which I spoke about in episode 146, and you should definitely tune into that episode if you missed it, because a lot of the work that we do with living deliberately is about understanding how the brain works. So the lower brain 
It wants to be as efficient as possible. Your lower brain is there to protect you from any harm and from any pain. And to do that, it needs to be efficient. It needs to think quickly and it needs to defend you at all costs. So any kind of expansive thinking, like planning or creating or initiating or anything like that, is out of the realm of the lower brain. That's in the realm of the upper brain. But the lower brain is like the older brother, and it's kind of like a bully. It will be in charge unless you shed some light onto it and deliberately choose otherwise. So it actually makes a lot of sense that the way people are, are the way people are. And that most people don't change or evolve over their lifetimes because A, they're not aware of who they're being, B, they're not aware that they can change, and C, it just takes a lot of mental energy to do so. And when you're competing with surviving and you're competing with making a living and you're competing with building a family, the lower brain is not going to make shifting a priority. It simply won't. And beyond that, I have to say, it can be really scary to shift your way of being because when you do, you are left, at least temporarily before the shift actually happens, with a moment of admitting that who you were being isn't the person you wanted to be. And in that moment, it could feel like you're being no one or you don't know who you want to be. It's like you don't even have an identity. And that can feel really unpleasant. Let me give you an example. We're currently in lockdown now. This is the third time that we're in lockdown this year. I don't even remember what day we're on. All I know is that we're in lockdown, which means my kids are home, obviously. And it's hard, obviously, for me, for them, for my husband. It's not easy. There are many, many challenges to being in lockdown with kids. Now, let me say from the very beginning, I actually am very grateful for lots of reasons. One of which is that my kids are older. I am not in lockdown with babies or toddlers. And for those of you who may be, God bless you. I literally cannot imagine what you must be going through. And so I know what I'm going to express may pale in comparison to some of you who may be having it so much more difficult than I am. And I want to apologize in advance because I don't share my stories to belittle yours, but rather I share what is truly going on in my life and in my head so that I can authentically share with you what's going on in my life and how, despite everything, I live deliberately. If there's one thing for sure about our stuck spots, it's that we really shouldn't compare one another. What I get stuck on is what I get stuck on, and vice versa. It's not a game, and we shouldn't judge one another for what we get stuck on. Our stuck spots are personal, and they are real. And each of us has to go through his or her own process to cope, to grow, and to evolve through them. Okay, so back to my story. We're in lockdown, and one of my struggles that I have regarding my kids is their lack of exercising. Now, we're lucky, remember I said I'm grateful, that we live in the countryside. 
because even though there is a government limit to how far you're allowed to walk outside of your house right now, the truth is we can walk much farther than that because there are no policemen guarding the streets like there are in the cities. We can walk to the nearby forest and no one will know. It really is a true blessing. Now, I am a walker. I love walking. I actually aim to walk twice a day for about 30 to 40 minutes. I love getting out into the fresh air. I love listening to podcasts when I walk. I love walking with friends. I love walking alone. I love going into nature. I just love walking. My kids, on the other hand, don't. They're not walkers, which makes sense because I think most kids aren't. And it's not to say that my kids have to be walkers by any means. No, of course not. In fact, I'd rather them exercise the way they want to, the way lots of kids do here, like jumping on a trampoline, going up to the basketball court, playing any kind of game outside, going to the playground, it doesn't matter. But I have two kids that are kind of like homebodies, at least during the lockdown they are. And while I accept that, I also set boundaries for them. In my boundaries, they have to leave the house at least once a day, and they can do that any way they'd like. They can join me for a walk to the forest, they can walk by themselves, they can jump rope, they can go for a run, they can do anything. Now, even though I've set this boundary, days can slip by without me realizing that my kids haven't left the house, which to me, it's just not okay. So I started to ask them every night before they go to sleep, what is your plan for tomorrow for exercising? Do you wanna go on a walk with me? Now again, I know it's not their favorite thing to do, but they also know that if they go on a walk with me in the morning, they'll be done with their physical exercise for the day. And I also tell them, you know, I'll bring my phone, we can put music on Spotify, you can choose the music, which is usually a great motivator. Anyway, last week one of my boys decided that he wanted to join me, and great, I was happy about that. And so I woke him up in the morning, we got ready, we started walking towards the forest. And it was pretty clear from the beginning that he was just like not really being into this whole walking thing, right? He was walking several steps behind me. He wasn't smiling. It was just obvious he wasn't into it. And I was getting a little annoyed. Yes, probably I was getting stuck. You know, I was thinking like, don't do me any favors. If you're choosing to walk with me, then walk with me. Be happy. Don't be miserable, right? Now, of course, I didn't say this to my son, but after a few minutes of walking alone, I did say something. I said something like how beautiful the weather was and how lucky we are to be able to walk in the sunshine, even though it's winter, and how beautiful the green field was that we were walking through. And he just was not into this. He was just being miserable. And I told him that while it's important to me and his dad that all the kids do physical exercise every day, I really didn't want him to join me on a walk if he was going to be this way. I told him he didn't have to walk with me. I'm really fine walking by myself, but that if he chose to walk with me, I really wanted him to be different. Now, was I right to say this? Did I have to say that? Was that just my stuck spot coming out? Honestly, thinking back on it, perhaps I shouldn't have said any of it. Perhaps I should have just, you know, let him be. Perhaps it was something I needed to get unstuck from in that moment. 
But I did say that. And this is really the part of the story that I wanted to share with you. I asked my son who he was being in that moment. Now, it didn't take him long to answer because all of my family members now speak the language of living deliberately, including words like stuck and unstuck and take a stop and uncover and consider and get clear and ways of being, all of that, which I am truly grateful for because there is nothing more powerful than being able to speak a common language with the people you love. So I asked him who he was being, and he admitted really quite quickly that he was being miserable. And then I asked him, who is it that you want to be? And again, this is where that shift comes in, where he admitted already who he is being and that he doesn't want to be, And it's like in the space of, who am I? I don't know who I want to be. And this is the moment that truly takes courage. Yes, it's the moment that you admit who you are being, because if you are being someone you don't want to be, that really takes an act of courage to admit that, right? But even more so is the courage to shift. Because between the way of being that you are being now and the way of being that you want to be, there's a moment of like non-being, like non-identity. And that can be really scary. Not like I'm going to die kind of scary, but just kind of strange kind of scary and uneasy, maybe. Anyway, my son answered. He said he wants to be happy. And I said, great, happy sounds great. (laughs) Now, he could have answered that and then continued to be miserable. So I coached him a bit more, asking him what a happy person would think in this moment and what a happy person would be doing. And anyway, my point is, is that he shifted. He totally shifted out of misery and into happiness, or at least non-misery. And that, my friends, is an act of courage in my book. It's an act of courage because the person who does this willingly to admit to the world that how he was being was not truly the person he wanted to be, that's just not easy to admit. It just isn't. It goes directly against that lower brain that's trying to protect you by admitting that you are being someone you didn't want to be. And that kind of puts you in the lion's den, like a place for open attack. It's not necessarily fun, nor is it easy, to admit that and to shift into someone else. It absolutely takes courage, and it literally may be one of the most courageous things a person can do, to shift into the person that you truly want to be. And this takes work, my friends. It takes a tremendous amount of mental energy and focus and contemplation and self-reflection I can't emphasize enough how much of the way we are being in the world is automatic. And much of it, I believe, is actually learned. And because most of us have been being certain ways for so very long, we have no idea that we are even being those ways. But when that awareness comes, what is definitely true is that whatever has been learned in your life can be unlearned. 
and you can be whoever it is that you want to be. We are being certain ways as spouses. We are being certain ways as workers. We are being certain ways as parents. We are being certain ways as we eat. We are being certain ways as we love. We are being certain ways as we communicate. And most of those ways are just unconscious. Or if they are conscious and you aren't happy with how you're being, it takes a big person to shift into the person that you want to be because that means, again, that you're admitting who you were being in order to become who you want to be. And that step of admission is huge, again, because your mind is not going to feel very good with it. In fact, your mind is going to think that it's a very, very bad idea to admit that because it's going to believe that you're putting yourself in danger, which of course you're not, but the mind won't understand that at first. And so your job is to wake up to that voice and determine if staying the way that you're being is truly the way that you want to be living your life, no matter what area of life that is. I invite you now to take a moment and think about one area of your life where you feel like you are suffering, whether it's in your marriage or at work or with a neighbor or a friend or with yourself. And then ask yourself, who have I been being? Who am I being? Now, the answer may come quickly to you, it may be very obvious, and it may not. And I encourage you to sit with that question. Who am I being? And allow yourself to be curious without judgment, just to notice. And when it comes to you, embrace it. Don't get stuck on who you have been being. That's not going to help you. But just notice it. And then see what kind of switch you would like to make. And notice if there's anything blocking you from making that switch. If there is anything that's blocking you, that's where the work comes in. And I am here for you if you would like to go down that path. My friends, as I am preparing for this podcast episode, it is Martin Luther King Day. And as I'm thinking about him, I think Martin Luther King would very much resonate with these words that I'm sharing with you today to be courageous, to take a good look at who you are being and admit to yourself if who that person is is really the person you want to be. And if it's not, make the shift. Be a big person. Own your actions and make the change that you want to see in the world. In fact, be the change that you want to see in the world. This is how the world changes, my friends, one person at a time. And it changes not first from our actions, but from who we are choosing to be. In fact, I would like to dedicate this episode to the memory of Martin Luther King. Okay, my dear friends, I hope this episode touched your heart in some way and even woke you up to the possibilities that exist in your life to shifting into the person you want to be in any and all areas of your life. This is the work we are doing in my program, The Living Deliberately Journey. 
each of us on our own path and in our own way, waking up to who we are being and deliberately choosing to shift to become the people we want to be. And I welcome you with open arms into this program. As a reminder, if you're listening to this in real time, I invite you to join me today, Tuesday, January 19th, 1 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock in the UK, 8 o'clock in the evening in Israel. The information is on my website, and for those of you who are interested to join me, you can find the registration on my website. And for those of you who are interested to join me on the journey to start making the shifts that you really want to see in your life, please reach out to me so we can make a time to chat. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you all a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck, getting clear, and living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be incredibly appreciated if you could leave me a review on iTunes or drop a comment on my website at shiragora.com or share your thoughts with me on Instagram at the Living Deliberately Approach. I look forward to reading your comments and engaging with you.